Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I'm a nurse, a blogger, and podcaster. I'm Sam, nurse, podcaster, powerlifter, co-host of The Selfie Show. And today, this is like one of Tori and I's favorite things. Literally. Like functional medicine, oh, all that good stuff. Oh, we are getting into some really great topics to you guys. Chronic fatigue. Honestly, I had illness. to cut out like edit out half of this of me just getting like <laughs> overly excited about what she was talking about and yeah. having to like ask like personal questions about me and my family where I'm like okay well let me let you get back to your interview yeah. but honestly oh so trust good. me every single one of you is literally going to love today we really get into integrative medicine lifestyle improvements especially like my night her shift practice yes. yes this is a good one if you work night shift this is also going to be one that you're going to want to share with everyone that's so good no, okay I'm literally like forcing this upon my family yeah. i know yeah. i already did i was texting my mom during the recording yeah 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 um okay what is unpopular opinion of the week miss samantha all right my unpopular opinion is that diets all work but it doesn't i don't even fucking know like okay how do I want to say this? Backpedal, backpedal. Backpedal. <laughs> because there's like no even like right way. Like just saying sure, they work. Yeah. Can yeah. they work? Yes. Even if the diet worked for you doesn't necessarily mean it was good for you mm. or the best one. And we need to stop applying this blanket one size fits all for everyone. Because I honestly, as someone who's lost well over like a hundred pounds before, I get people all the time that are like, well, what'd you do? How'd you do it? It doesn't matter. Right. You are not me. I am not you. We don't have the same biology. We don't have the same metabolism. We don't have weird genetics, all of that. So what works for me doesn't mean it will work for you. And even what worked for me, maybe wasn't even necessarily what was best for me in my biology. Well, also, either. I'll say this, like you started in one category and then you kind of morphed, like you started kind of in keto and then you were like paleo. And I feel like a lot of your, like the way that you started losing weight and like your diet changed after a while. And I don't want to say diet, like yeah, the way you I, ate changed over One, a while. here's my unpopular opinion. Picking a way to eat that's best for you and your body isn't a diet. It's just fucking eating food. How right. about that? Like yeah. I hate when yeah. people are like, I'm eating healthy. I'm on a diet. It's like, you're just eating. Yeah. I mean, category or wise. I when people say you're cheating too. Like, <sighs> oh, you can have a cheat day. I'm like, you're not cheating on anything. Yeah. It's like you're eating. It you're makes it feel, food. it makes it feel so much better when you say that though, you know? Okay. So when you look at like the categories, so you got, you know, keto, um, Mediterranean diet, you have low carb, vegetarian, raw food, gluten-free, paleo. I mean, it's just really interesting to me because quote unquote, there's so many quote diets, but I, I really like what you're saying. What you're kind of getting back to is like what works for you and your body. Well, because all of these will work. If you do Weight Watchers, if you do keto, if you do paleo, if you do low carb, if you want to go full vegetarian, honestly, you could be a vegetarian and eat mac and cheese right all day every day and eat pizza and like not be healthy right like, but then you could also be a vegetarian and eat really good fruits vegetables high protein things that are non-animal products and have a really balanced well also diet. so it's like you would even said this earlier like if you locked me and you in our house for a full year and fed us the exact same diet our outcomes would be so different absolutely. and our bodies would be so different like we just we eat so differently and i think that's just because we know 
our bodies just react to things so differently. Like I personally cannot have no carbs. Like I literally physically, like I, for some reason, I don't know, but it's interesting. Like when you kind of get down to the root of like, I love more a Mediterranean diet, I think, or maybe paleo. But but here's the thing is we cyclically trend lifestyle like choices of eating so it's like 90s was low fat right Remember, or like, low sh- or no sugar no, or no, what no, yeah, it was yeah. Like low fat like yeah. can't believe it's not butter right we don't want to do like eggs are bad for you because they're atkins high in cholesterol diet. no atkins is like carb carb low like carb low carb yeah but then it switched to that right so it started with like low fat so we're literally like you can't eat regular butter like eggs are bad for you because they have high cholesterol in the yolk it's like that's absurd right and then it shifted <laughs> all the to good is in the yolk low carbs so right. atkins all of that stuff then it kind of shifted into like sugar's the demon and we got to cut out all sugar and then it shifted into like keto and then it's like but we cyclically go through these things and guess what they're all gonna work and everyone can have a success on them but it's like and everyone doesn't even do the same way you can take two people that do keto and one's gonna do the i eat bacon all day yeah. and i eat just yeah. like all this heavy the, what's the coffee I'm, with yeah, butter just drinking butter coffee butter coffee yeah. bulletproof but i call it butter <laughs> i'm coffee. here for it and then you have the other person who's like yeah i'm doing keto which is like i'm staying in ketosis but i'm still eating like balanced whatever i'm not right. just like so i think like also people and they're gonna take the quote unquote diet and eat different things on it but call it the same diet and i'm like just stop applying things because to sit there and villainize one thing too, like to say low carb is bad. Some people need carbs, but there are other people that based on their biology and their genetics and whatever is going on inside their body, maybe they truly can't have right. carbs or certain Celiac things. disease, you have so, a lot of different things. Yeah, I also feel like the blanket statements and blanket recommendations are probably not the way to go. And I really like, because I know a lot of people do ask you about your journey. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's like very and self-aware, you know? question. I feel like- Yeah, it yeah, is a fair question. I definitely always wanted to know like, God, especially like when you're like, man- I really want to make a change and I want it to work, Mm -hmm. but it, you gotta, I always just say, you gotta find out what works for you. And I think the best way to do that is to eliminate everything and then add it back and see how your body responds. Are you sensitive? Elimination diets are really great. Yeah. I think at least to just learn yourself because it takes discipline. We're so, we're all so different. In my thought too, it's like when you really get down to it, like understanding carbs, grains, sweeteners, dairy, meats, and how they affect your life and how they affect your body. It, it takes discipline. I have done an elimination diet and 100% I know dairy is for me and, no, and I should not do it. I do eat it, you know, obviously. And I suffer through the pain sometimes, but it is interesting. And today, you guys, this episode is going to motivate you <laughs> to really want to understand you and your body, maybe even another level. Um, today's episode is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Well, the medical world only scratches the surface of these things. Yes. Because if they dig too deep, they're not going to know how to fix it because not everything is fixed with the medication. Yeah, we're going to get into (laughs) that concept today, which is really, I truly, when I say this, we learned so much from Effort. So today we are bringing you an unconventional side of the medical world. We have Effort LaMondre. She's PhD and FNP. And we're talking about everything about functional medicine, gut health, identifying underlying causes of illness, integrative medicine, and lifestyle improvements. She owns and operates her own practice, e.g. healthcare, and provides pediatric, adult, and geriatric care to over 20K patients. In addition to her primary care practice, she is taking conventional medicine to the next level with her signature process, The New Method. Today, we're getting into brain fog, chronic fatigue, chronic illness, inflammation, and how her practice is really improving the lives of so 
so many who struggle. The new method helps patients take control of their health destiny. It involves a functional medicine approach to empower the lives that they truly deserve. And today we're also getting into how to optimize your health, prevent illness, reduce medication prescriptions, and ultimately how to feel great. And this is really coming on hard today because I feel like Sam and I have been going through so much just together over the past year. Um, She also prides herself on being LBGTQ plus friendly, and she gets into her story about how she really dove into this practice with passion driven from her partner's health. And you guys, today is such an amazing episode. Without further ado, let's get into it with Dr. Effort Lamandry. We are so pumped for today's episode, Effort. Oh my gosh. Finally, I yes. think this is what, like fourth <laughs> time's a charm? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sorry. It happens when it happens. Everything good is worth the wait. We finally got you on. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. So let's pop in first um, with our, you know, normal question. What is your unpopular opinion? What's my unpopular opinion? Is this how we're starting? Well, always. Yeah. Yep. We like to keep it spicy. Oh yeah. Don't worry about offending anyone. Just let us <laughs> Go have for it. it. No, I called no, babies no, ugly no, no. last week, so you can't be worse than me. <laughs> my unpopular opinion. So it's, this might not be unpopular to some of your listeners, but it's unpopular in my world is that just about every single disease that you have is caused by inflammation and if we reverse the inflammation we'll fix the disease oh okay, well, i'm glad you're here because i'm pretty sure this. my crp is like really elevated <laughs> and by lactic sure, acid I mean is up, my, up the like, roof labs are out, out, yeah for sure yeah i love this and this is why we wanted to bring you on today because i think there's so many angles that we can talk about. And a lot of this, you know, we were just talking off the clock about this is I think a lot of things that we may be missing in Western perspective. And um, so let's give some context to the listeners. Let's go back. How did you get into (laughs) all of this integrative medicine? Who are you? you? Yeah. Let's get all the deets. Who am I? (laughs) Just just got on here. Some lady with short hair. What the heck? Oh, okay. So I'm going to tell you a story of how I got here super quick, but I think in that story, uh, many of your listeners will be like, oh my God, this is for me. Uh, So I'm a nurse practitioner. I opened up my own practice called EG Healthcare, primary care, conventional medicine, pediatric, adult, geriatric. It's awesome. Take care of the community. Everything's wonderful. And then I had all these patients who would come in and say, hey, I don't feel good. And I would do the labs that I was taught to do in NP school and everything was fine. So I would say, you're good. I'll see you next year. You're fine. Right. And I never realized how disempowering that is because I really, truly thought everything was fine. And then it hit home. And I think that is what I discovered in the journey that any provider that comes to functional or integrative medicine, they themselves are either sick or they're searching for an answer for a loved one. So my wife has two autoimmune issues. Her first is something called PMLE, which basically is an allergy to the sun. So we live like vampires for a while. And so we accommodated, like many of your listeners, the first diagnosis, the first pill, you're like, whatever, I'm strong, I'll get through it. And you just accommodate. You don't necessarily look for answers right away. But then she developed a second autoimmune, and I'll explain that, why that happens in a little bit, which was psoriasis, which is severe psoriasis on her hands and her feet. So she couldn't button her clothes. She couldn't walk for a long time. And that second diagnosis pushed us to search. And many of your listeners would also be like, yes, it was the second thing or the second ache and pain. I just couldn't take it anymore. 
So this is years ago, right? Before podcasts, before Zoom. So finding information was a little bit more difficult. I'm old. I'm 50. I'm like, are, I'm like ancient. <laughs> First of all, so. you do not look 50. Yeah. I never would have pegged you for 50. If you don't drop <gasps> the skincare routine. Whatever you're doing, we episode, need all the I will cry. <laughs> it's literally ponds. <laughs> oh, love that Promise. for you. Okay. It's ponds. It's ponds. Okay. That's okay. Well, I will do whatever and, you tell and me. And just a lot of water. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, shit. As we're drinking a lot so, of coffee and, and caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Oh my God. I lost my chain of thought. Anyway, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, okay. Like wait, actually. So before this is before this is in the ancient days, right? Before all this. So someone told us about functional medicine and like serious eye roll because like, this is not going to work, but we had nothing to lose. And then we went to this functional medicine guy and he had the audacity to suggest that our issues have to do with nutrition, right? We had no idea that anything like that is possible because in conventional medicine, your nutrition goes like this. If you have diabetes, don't eat carbs. If you have hypertension, low sodium, that's it. That's the end of the nutrition talk. Right. So we were like, okay, let's just go on this diet because of what the hell? Am I allowed to curse? I'm not sure. Um, oh, <laughs> so yes, you fucking can. <laughs> okay, okay, good. We're like, we have nothing to bring it, girl. Right. Bring all the selfie not energy. On this fucking show. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. Good. Awesome. So um, I'm, in the, I'm in the right element. You are. So, um, so we tried it and it like, it fucking worked. Okay. Her hands cleared up. She was able to go out in the sun. Our lives completely transformed. So I started bringing it back to my practice slowly, one patient at a time, kind of dabbling in it. And it just kept working. So I went back to school, got the PhD. That's why it's Dr. LaMondre, even though I'm an NP, got the PhD in integrative medicine. And then I created the new method and it's called the new method. And it's spelled with a K because you always knew there was a better way. And this is what the patients say. Many of your listeners will say, I know something's wrong. I know there's a better way to manage this. They know. And that's why I call it the new method because my patients know. And the problem is that conventional medicine kind of drops the ball. Um, and before I hand it back to you, I just want to say this. Conventional medicine, and I love conventional medicine. I'm not against it in any way. It is designed to find sickness. If you're, you're sick, you're in a lab, you get sick, you get treated. It's great. It's awesome. We need that. But if you're not sick, but you're not well, there's no room for you. There's no room for unwellness yes. in conventional medicine. And so many of your listeners, because they're also younger, are in the state of unwellness, but not quite in the state of disease. Oh. And that is something that conventional medicine has no room for. And then if you already have a disease, there is no room for options outside of medication. Oh my God. So it's so crazy that you bring this up because, so when I was in kindergarten, we're going back to young Tory days. Um, I was going through, you know, kindergarten and all of a sudden one day um, the, I was sent to um, the school nurse because I had broken out in hives, right? All these things. Mm. Long story, fast forward, short. I, this kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. Had no idea why. And I was allergic to the sun. And I've literally never ah. heard anybody else ever talk about this. They, I think it was, you never can correct me. That. It was called urticaria is like what I, I was struggling with, I believe. 
and I did grow out of it. But it's so interesting because, you know, at the time there really wasn't anything in terms of diagnosing. There was nothing like we didn't get it was like, okay, take some Benadryl. Here you go. Live with it or stay out of the sun. And that was pretty much it. Fortunately for me, I came out of it, but I feel like I've always struggled like low key with some sort of like autoimmune ish issues. And it's interesting because I think this is just something that, like you say, like I would go, I'll always go to a doctor and, you know, things will be completely normal. My labs look great. Like, you know, maybe my thyroid, like my hormones are a little tiny bit off, but not enough to be feeling the way I do. But this is such an interesting talk. Like, for people who are are in this state, like, where do you start? If you're someone that okay, is... I love this. Yeah. Where do you even start? So first of all, you said the most important word that you said there is ish. You said, I'm autoimmune-ish. Right. And this is the problem. Because you're not... If you were true autoimmune... You'd go to a rheumatologist, they would draw some labs on you, everything would come back red, and you'd be like, oh, you have lupus, great, diagnosis, awesome. But you're ish, and there's no room for ish, right. okay? So right. from everything you said, I, I wrote it down, actually. <laughs> so, so this is the problem, and this goes back to the, the, um, the controversial thing that I said, or the unpopular opinion. So let's look at this. Most of my patients that come into me are older. There's a reason for that. It's not because they're old. It's because they've been cooking a disease for so long. And by the time they're 15, 60, the wheels are falling off the bus. But where you are now is in the beginning stage of that spectrum where it's ish. Let's talk about diabetes because that's something people are are really familiar with. And Mm -hmm. we'll use that as a metaphor. So if you're diabetic at age 55, your A1C, for those of you who don't know that measures blood sugar, um, is like whatever, it's eight. You didn't get that diabetes at age 55, right? You were probably pre-diabetic around 45 you were probably insulin uh, resistant at around 35. And we have tests for that. The A1C was like creeping up. So you have this pre-diabetes, but there's no test for pre-autoimmunity. So these patients will walk around for years feeling like shit and the regular blood work will not find it. The autoimmune blood work, you go to a rheumatologist, maybe you'll have like an ANA, maybe nothing. And they'll say to you, nothing's wrong check again a year from now or two years from now. Now they're not wrong and they're not evil. And I don't want you to hate your doctors. They just have a very particular set of tools. And those tools say, if this, then this, if you have this, then you have this. And if you don't have this lab, if you don't meet the criteria, if you don't follow the guidelines, you are ish. And there's nothing we could do for you for ish. So where functional medicine is different, it's different in two ways. One, if you already have a thing, we want to find out the root cause of that thing, right? If you already have psoriasis, we want to find out that maybe it's gluten in your life, right? We want to find the root cause. But the other is the understanding that the symptoms mean something. And if the patient has symptoms, I may not be able to treat it with medicine because it's not a disease, but I could start tracking it and modifying life. So for example, my patients come in and we do like, we have the software four symptoms. So I can have an objective baseline. When you started, maybe all your symptoms were all together were like an 88. You had a four and headache, a three in your stomach, a two, and we added up to 88. And every time we meet, we're going to ask you about those symptoms again. So we could track if things are getting better or worse. So we use the symptoms since we can't use labs because you're ish, there's nothing wrong with you. We use the symptoms to see if our interventions are working. So it's the understanding that the symptoms are telling you that you're in a pre-disease state and it should not be ignored. 
and you're not crazy. And as the reason why the name of my book is it's not in your head. And this is especially true for women because it is so easy to dismiss us. Oh my God, absolutely. I want to actually maybe going along this lines to break this down as well. And I think a lot of women um, nowadays are, I feel like we're seeing more and more of it. I don't know what the statistics are, but PCOS along those lines. Um, what are you seeing? And, you know, for maybe someone who is either struggling through that or potentially knows someone like, can you give us a little breakdown of that? Cause I feel like that's kind of along the lines of absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's another unpopular opinion that I have, but it's keep actually them, a fact. Keep them coming. Yes, please. <laughs> <We love them. laughs> it's actually okay. PCOS for those of you who may not know, it stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome, which would make you feel like, well, mate, are my ovaries full of cysts? Well, no. So there's a spectrum of PCOS and it, the, it's, it's a younger woman, um, usually not under twenties, but sometimes in your teens, in, in, during the time of potential fertility is their age group for PCOS. And, um, she will have irregular periods. She is often slightly overweight to, to obese. And these are not my categories. These are just words I used and they have no judgment behind them. These are just BMI codes. Um, and, um, although there are people who don't fit that she may have elevated testosterone, which will cause her hair in unwanted places. Um, and, um, and then at the severe level of it, she will also have cysts in her ovaries. So it's not exactly a disease in the sense of like COVID. Yes. No, it's a constellation of symptoms that we've created like a, an umbrella name called for PCOS. And here's, what's really annoying about PCOS is that they're not telling these girls the truth. My patients will come in and they'll say, I just went to my GYN. Oh my God, I have PCOS. Um, and they gave me medicine. And usually that medicine is metformin. metformin. Ladies, what is metformin for? Diabetes. Diabetes. Mm -hmm. Diabetes, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. it's for diabetes, right? But there's no conversation. Yeah. They think like, they're think like, oh, PCOS, oh, metformin. This must be a PCOS medication. There's something wrong with me. I have a thing called PCOS. Oh my God, I'm going to always have fertility issues. I have to take this medication, right? It's like, it's like this diagnosis that makes you feel like something's wrong with your girl parts, right? Maybe I won't have kids. Maybe my period's always going to be off. Like, and it's a lot, but what they never tell them is that PCOS is actually a carb issue. It's an insulin sensitivity issue. It's actually a pre pre diabetes. I'm going to explain to you what that is. Now, if you tell these women, by the way, if you just change what you eat and increase your insulin sensitivity, this will go away. And the reason I know that is because we're giving you this medication called metformin, which is basically promoting insulin sensitivity. So I'm going to pause here for a moment before I explain all that and just see if you have questions and I'll explain everything I just said again. I'm just curious as to why we've gotten to the place like why has the medical field gotten so far away from getting to that right like is it because we're pushing metformin is it because we have a hard time explaining or maybe diving into these chronic diseases you know like in your experience like do you think just the medical field in general we're having a hard time saying the truth like are we having a hard time really getting to something that's a hard conversation to have no. So I don't think, right. Cause to say that they're not saying the truth, there'd be malice to say that they're pushing pill is also malice. There's no malice. Cause I've practiced primary care medicine for a really long time before I transitioned. So I can authentically tell you 
pharmaceuticals were not writing me checks right. and I had my patient's best interest in mind. And so I know my colleagues are in the same way. We don't, we don't profit yeah. from pharma. Right. No one's writing us checks. They're not even allowed to buy us coffee. Just so you know, it's like, it's not like that. Maybe it was in the eighties. That's no longer a thing. Oh, so, I'm glad we're myth busting. Cause this is like part of it. You know, we need to understand yeah. these dynamics, you know? Yeah, like even when we have like like NP meetings and they have dinner, like they want to buy a dinner, it's like so like how much I have to spend on my dinners. It's like it's really really regulated. There is no more prescribe our stuff. Here's a golf trip. Okay, that that died a long time ago. Okay. Um, thank goodness for that. Yeah. So there's there there is no malice on the part of your doctors who are telling you PCOS. Here's metformin. I think there is a true lack of understanding of nutrition. And I'm gonna I'm I'm going to explain how this is all connected nutritionally, but there's all, the industry itself. Like in my in my functional medicine practice, my integrative medicine, I spend an hour with my patient because I can because the patient is paying for their time, and it's it's like concierge medicine. In my primary care practice, in order to keep the lights on, I have to see eight patients an hour, which is insanity. Yeah, that's insane. But I have to. Not because I'm a bad provider, because right. that's how insurance is reimbursed, and I will not be able to pay my staff. Not making millions in my primary care, keeping the lights on and paying my staff. So it is a volume-driven business, and all these doctors in it, they have to do this in order to survive. So there is no way I can have a conversation with you about prevention, lifestyle. What are you eating? Are you eating fast food? What could we change? Like, there's no room for any of that. Right. Okay. So that's on the provider side, but we also have to talk about the patient side because you may not be the typical patient. The patients that show up to me in my integrated practice are not the typical patient. The typical patient is very happy with a diagnosis and medication. Got it. Not every patient is ready to make the lifestyle changes. They don't want to know. They don't want to give up barbecue. They don't want to give up McDonald's. The typical patient is fine with this. Oh, I have hypertension. Let me take my medication. Hey, you know, if you lost 20 pounds, you won't need that. No, I can't. It's too hard for me. So there is a provider side to it, but there's also a patient side to it. And a lot of patients, right? There's a reason why fast food is so popular. People are happy there. Yeah. Um, so not everyone is ready to make the change. Not everyone can make the change. Not everyone wants that information. Not everyone can process that information. So it's, there's so many parts to it, but I think the most important part is for everyone to know that there's no malice. Yeah, I Because you have that. to be, pretty much say that everyone who graduates med school at NP suddenly becomes this malicious right. pharma-driven right. robot. Yeah, and I think that seems right. to be the rhetoric that we're hearing. It's it's tough because, you know, Sam and I have had a lot of discussions in terms of, like, medical field. And I think al almost everybody on here that you we hear from, I'll say everybody, everybody that has, comes on here. We all are in this because, one, we love it. We want to help people we have a true love for either science and or you know really bettering our patients and for some reason that message is very strong in the media and I think obviously since the, you know the pandemic and things like that you know obviously we're opening up the curtain and we should be we should be you know really pulling it back and having these hard, hard conversations but I think the idea and I love that you're speaking to this because I think it's important for people to know like I don't think it's really doctors wanting to you know, shove all these things down your throat for a pill. And that seems to be the rhetoric that I'm hearing. A lot of people are saying, well, doctors just want, you know, or NPs are, you know, really just driven by money. And I think that's, a, this is a really important conversation to be having. Well, no, I feel like we all go into this career 
because we have a genuine interest in wanting to help people and to promote health, but then the healthcare system that we're operating under is not actually there yes. to promote people's health or make people live good, fulfilling lives. So we're, we go into it with one intentions and then we're stuck under a system that prevents us from doing the job that we went to school to do. It's yeah. like so frustrating. 100%. It is a systemic issue. And if you know, you guys are nurses, if tomorrow you became NPs, you're not suddenly become this malicious. Yeah. Right. Killed. Right. <laughs> What's going to happen is this. You're going to learn evidence-based practice and they're going to say to you, hey, when someone has diabetes or someone has PCOS, give them metformin. Now, here's the thing. You're going to give them metformin because you're also going to learn why metformin works, right? It's going to say it goes here and then it goes to the kidney, right? You're going to learn all that. But the other side of it is if you don't give it, you can get sued, right? So we also have a litigious society. So you're really stuck. Once you're in the system, you are stuck in the system. Mm -hmm. You have to follow the guidelines because that is, and there's science behind it. It's not made up, right? These medications work. You take a blood pressure medicine, it brings your blood pressure down, right? So there's science behind it. And if you don't do it, cause you're like, Hey, you know what? Yeah. You know, go home and just try it on your own. And that person has a heart attack. You're getting sued. So there are so many parts that constrict you. Um, but everyone goes in to met no one spends this much time in school yeah. to hurt people right right like how hard was nursing school <laughs> it's not like oh, how hard was nursing school for me it was right for like you it was probably was so much like you but yeah like it was not easy and np school isn't easy either so like no yeah. one's doing this to like yeah let me do this second is like torture people like no <laughs> i feel like now uh the like pandemic and just the fact that it happened during election time and got so politicized. I feel like there's such a large group in this country that has very much politicized healthcare and has this distrust for right. the government and distrust for doctors and thinks that we're all just trying to like get money. I'm like, and yeah. believe that like we get kickbacks. I'm like, that doesn't exist. Like sunshine act, baby. There are it no kickbacks yes, anymore. Like Thank that you. does not happen like it's not maybe maybe back in the know, day but like it, things have tightened up like now that i work in med device sales everyone's like oh do you take clients out to dinner all the time i'm like i've worked here for no. eight months and i have never taken one client out to dinner i've literally brought in coffee from starbucks yeah and you have to make everybody sign for uh, well no, i have to get their license number to report it to my yeah. company that i bought coffee yeah. for this class that I taught and it's like and then sometimes people even request like oh you're teaching this class can you come can you sponsor lunch I'm like honestly I can't like I literally don't even have that budget like that's it's not that way and yeah. I'm like that is such a like that mindset I hate it because yeah the, uh, people thinking like I'm like where where's your kickbacks like I <laughs> you're not getting a kickback that doesn't you exist know what? It's, everything you said is so spot on so before COVID got politicized. Let me just take us a stroll back mm. to March 2020. Yeah. Before I got politicized. <laughs> Everyone in my neighborhood closed down. Every single office closed down. And I turned to my team and I said, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to go home and collect unemployment, which you can? Or do you want to stay open? I don't know what the fuck is coming our yeah. way. And everyone with the exception of one severely asthmatic person said, we're in. So when everyone else was fucking closed... Mm. We stayed open. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. We didn't even have, right? We didn't have PPEs. Dentists were like dropping. So we had like this fucking paper shit yeah. and the paper shit here. Like, right. like, right. 
taking care of everybody. We were taking care of, we didn't know what COVID was. There was no, there was hardly swabs, right? This is pre, pre, pre. We were, we didn't have swabs. We didn't know what to do. I was seeing patients in their car because it was so scary. And, you know, just kind of triaging who needs to go to the ER, who can, we can manage. And every day, whatever swabs we would get from the community, because it's the same swabs that the GYNs use. So the reps would like say, hey, I got you 20 swabs. That's how many I could test for the day. So my team and I did that for months, not knowing at that point what we were doing to our families, what we were bringing home. Like, we just did it. Right. Yeah. Nobody was getting money. There was Mm -hmm. nothing, right? Just pre-politics. Everyone was scared. Everyone was home. Then half the world decided it was a hoax. The other half didn't believe the hoax. And then all of a sudden, like it all went to shit. But that right there, what we did for those months, that is what we went into medicine for. Mm-hmm. We we didn't know. And I paid everyone their salary. We hardly had any patients, but that's what we went in for. We went in for to be there, to stay open and to do the thing. And I'm not judging people who didn't. Everyone has their own stuff at home. Who's immunocompromised, who has issues. I'm not judging people, but that is why we went into medicine I and we didn't get kickbacks and I'm not getting kickbacks. No, totally. <laughs> right. Well, I actually want to go back where's to my this. Check? I would yeah. actually, <laughs> where's my check? Where's my bonus? You're like I haven't been on vacation in how long? Yeah. Like what kickback? <laughs> okay. So this is my thought. What's really interesting is I actually think now there are a lot more of us out there looking for the efforts of the world. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a huge push in understanding the core and I I will say you know of course there's a segment of the population that's just not interested in that and they I would agree with you but I think there's a large majority of us out there who are really looking for to understand our bodies better to really start finding all these answers and these solutions how did you develop your method because I think it's really interesting the new method is really interesting how did you start developing this and Let's go back to that moment. And I love the name. By I the do way. too. The I new just ma- have to give you props. Yeah, That's a great like, name. Great name. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Um, okay, how did I develop it? Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I, you know, I developed it over time when I, I started realizing, so I always do the basics because you need to know how somebody's like if CBC, CMP, which is like their anemia, their kidneys, and liver. So you got to do the basics because you don't know when the last time they had that you want to rule out disease. And then what I started saying is like, what's happening in the peripheries that I really want to see that will tell me if the patient's ish. And then I think you mentioned it earlier. CRP is one of those. So CRP is a test which tells you if you have inflammation in your body, it's a very non-specific test. It doesn't tell you where the inflammation is or what's causing it. 
but it means is inflammation. Now, conventional medicine does not usually run it unless they're doing it for some cardiac issues. I force my doctor to it. do it, and they're always like, yes. and I'm like, I ask and The reason for it. they don't run it is because if it's high, the patient's going to say, well, what should I do? And conventional medicine will say, nothing, right? And they're not wrong because there's no medication for it. So it's, it's a test that ends up creating this dialogue with a patient in conventional medicine that's not going anywhere. So, and now CRP is not specific. It could also go up like after exercise and then come back down. So CRP, if it's sustained and it's high, it means there's inflammation in your body all the time and inflammation causes disease, right? So if we have this inflammation, we're going to feel ish, 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 ish. Right. And then eventually we have disease. So these are the type of things I look for on the side. So I, I do blood work. I try to find inflammatory markers. I also um, do genetic markers on everyone. I want to see do you have the predisposition to Alzheimer's? Because if you do, then there's no room to fuck around. We got to do this right now. We got to do it tomorrow because mm -hmm. Alzheimer's is not just because it's in your gene doesn't mean you have to get it. It's like type, it's called type three diabetes. So the same lifestyle that might get you type two diabetes is the same lifestyle that can get you Alzheimer's. So if you are not eating on point and there's other things, you have PCOS or other things going on, we need to double down because we don't want to turn that gene on. I like to do a gene called MTHFR. I want to see if you're doing something called methylating, which basically means do I need to give you certain B vitamins? So I'm looking for all these things to see like kind of what's cooking, what's making you feel ish. And then I also do a saliva test for something called adrenal fatigue. Um, Thank you. I can go into what that means if you want. Yes, oh, please, she, please, please excited. go into that, please. Okay. I only know about and it from I my will. own research, but I would love to hear it from yes. someone who... Break this down. Qualify to speak on it because that's yes. like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We're obsessed. So, so I do the, the blood work. I do the saliva for adrenal fatigue. And then I have the software that I use. I did not invent it, but I use it in a certain way. And to get to capture the patient's entire story and to create that tracking system that I advise you. Then I bring the patient back in. We go everything line by line. And I say, hey, this is why you feel this way. This is cooking here. This is cooking here. This was what might happen to you. And we need to get on it. And then they can make a decision. Some people just like that. It's called a discovery session. Some people just like to hear what's going on. And they're like, thank you so much. And we give them a cool folder and they go on the merry way. And some people say, hey, great. Now help me fix it. And then we work together for a year. And I insist on working for a year together because nothing happens in 30, 60, 90 days. Yes, That's bullshit. Agreed. Um, Switching gears now to adrenal. So that's the new method. That's the whole thing. That's how you get it. And if you were thinking about it, you want me to say it again. I'm just going to put this in here. If you go on any of the platforms for the new method, TikTok, yeah. Instagram, YouTube, we offer free consults. And when I say free consults, it's really free. And is that only for no New York? There's no sales. No, no, it's national. Oh, nice. oh, that's good you. because okay, I've already like, I will explained. <laughs> When do we fuck um, with no, you? Like, Tori, like, literally look at we're my text messages to my mom right now. And I just sent her texting. your YouTube video about what causes autoimmune disease. And I'm like, this is her. Oh, I my want YouTube you to video? See her. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, literally, like, yeah. I'm yeah. going to talk to you after this. We're but my like, mom. So no. I have a lot of patients in California. A lot. I'm like, so excited. I mean, about I, this I have to say, <laughs> just like to get mushy for a moment. I'm always thankful for my wife's PMLE because she got diagnosed with PMLE before she met me. And she was a division one softball coach, obviously, because she's gay. She plays softball. So, <laughs> and you. that was a gay joke. I'm gay. I could say it. Everybody who's offended. We I'm love sorry. you for you. No one's and, offended here. Trust me. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but because of the PMLE, she had to switch careers oh. and go into medicine. And I met her in the ER. So I am thankful for it, even though we cured it. So, well, yeah, but that's the thing is you um, cured it, which is 
Awesome. PMLE is what's called like, uh, it's like, um, diagnosis of exclusion, meaning everything else is negative. So we're going to say it's this, Yeah. which is why everything's coming up negative. There's no test for it. And I'm saying this to everyone who's listening, go ahead, comfortable who I am. Cause you just met me three seconds ago. I put out so much content so that you can get comfortable with all of it. Um, so now back to, yes. yeah, I'm, yeah. Yes. Okay. So your adrenals are these glands. They sit on top of your kidneys and they produce something called cortisol. By the way, side note, adrenal fatigue is not recognized in conventional yes, medicine. I was that, I was so say when that. you go to your endocrinologist Thank you. and you say I have adrenal fatigue, he'll be like, there's no such thing. Yes. Good I've heard they that. all say that. They okay. all say that. Yeah, they all say that. Yes. Because here's the thing. In conventional medicine, either your adrenals are working too high, ICU. They're too low. You're in the ICU. And there's nothing in the middle, mm -hmm. which obviously makes no sense. Okay. And we could test for it and measure it. It's trackable. It's not an opinion. So we do a saliva testing. So let me explain the saliva testing. So cortisol has a lot of jobs, but one of its main job is to wake you up in the morning. When you're sleeping, when the sunlight hits your eyes and then you kind of wake up knowing it's morning, that's because that sunlight hitting your eyes tells your brain to release cortisol. If everything's working well, the sunlight hits your eyes, you release cortisol and you're like, oh, it's time for me to wake up. And you wake up happy and shiny. Again, if this is working well and throughout the day, you're feeling wonderful. And then you get appropriately tired throughout the day and your cortisol starts to drop, 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 drop until it's at a level where you can go to sleep and then melatonin takes over. And that's a perfect cortisol curve. That's what we call a phase zero. We want, we all aspire to be a phase zero. And then you'll have perfect energy levels. However, when life is stressful, or if you have a chronic issue or something's going on and you want to power through the day, cortisol is also your stress hormone. It's your get through the day hormone. So you go to the cortisol bank and you're like, Hey, can you hook me up? I need some cortisol to get through the day. And cortisol, your adrenal is like, sure, here you go. Here's some cortisol. And then you get through the day, you power through it. Eventually though, you have to pay the credit card bill because you <laughs> keep using the credit card because your adrenals will not be able to produce as much cortisol as you need. And that is called adrenal fatigue. There's a stage one, a stage two, a stage three, three being the worst. And we measure that through saliva. So the patient will take saliva four times a day, morning, noon, before, before dinner time, and then right before bedtime. So we get this, this curve and we can see how far they are away from that curve. So a phase one was kind of getting through the day, you know, some points are still in what I call in the green. They're getting through it. They're all right. A phase two is suboptimal. This person is kind of dragging all day, still has more energy in the morning, but not feeling like they should. A phase three is flatline. They're exhausted when they first wake up. They're exhausted all fucking day. They're exhausted at night. Here's what's crazy. If you have phase three adrenal fatigue and you go to exercise, you will be fucking exhausted after exercise. And this is important because you take these women who may be struggling and they go to their conventional medicine doctor and he goes, well, you just need to exercise. And he's like, I can't exercise. I'm fucking exhausted. So now you're lazy. Yeah. Now you have all this negative self-talk because, you know, Susie Sunshine, it feels great after she works out and you need to take a nap after you work out and you think something's wrong with you. And the reason you're exhausted is because you use the little bit of fumes that you have to get through the day to get through the CrossFit workout and you got nothing left for the day. So it's so important to find out if you have adrenal fatigue, because if I am dealing with somebody who's a phase three adrenal fatigue, I will not tell them to exercise. I will say, do not exercise until we get your energy levels up. 
And then the patient comes back to me three, four months later and says, guess what I did this month? I finally went back to the gym and I wasn't exhausted. They come and tell me. So it's really important to know because, oh my God, I feel so bad for women who are like, yeah. you know, sometimes they're partners who are well-meaning, well-meaning, like, yes. come on, let's go to the gym. And they're like, I That's just That's literally can't. me and Jacob. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's, <laughs> we're definitely booking with you because I, I need to see you just for this. I'm like, <laughs> what's interesting is, I, I mean, maybe I'm curious your thoughts on this, just in a general question. Why do you think that this concept or these, because to me, everything you're speaking of and the way you practice is truly remarkable it's getting to the core of a lot of issues. It's being able to take time and invest in your patients. Why do you think Western practitioners are see it as so taboo or maybe reject a lot of these ideas? Well, it's, it's first of all, it's not taught in school, right? And so then also when you say the word holistic, you conjure up, you know, like crystals. I'm not against Yes, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know conjure crystals, woo, woo. incense. And sage, right? right? right. Oh, that's what holistic means. Right. And so for anyone who comes from a very science background, that seems like, well, that, and, and so they don't understand, I think that there's different, there's different levels yeah. mm-hmm. of what holistic means. It's, it's an umbrella term. Um, and the other part, as we said, is the systemic issue that there's no, no part of wellness. But the other part is that there are studies, but there are also some areas that have no studies. Like I'll give you an example. My patients who have eczema, anecdotally, meaning without any studies, I will tell my patients, stop drinking dairy. Stop giving your kids dairy for 30 days. If I'm wrong, big deal. Right. I'm mm-hmm. wrong. You, you didn't have it there, right? No yeah. side effect. Mm-hmm. I appreciate but that. But if I'm right, your eczema clears up. Time after time after time, the eczema clears up. Now, who is going to fund that study? It's not going to be the farm that's making cream. It's not going to be the dairy mm-hmm. company. Who's funding the study well, of removal yeah. of milk helps, right? So a lot of the things that we're discovering, we don't have, we, the functional medicine world, we don't have the ability to run the studies the way pharmaceutical does. Right. Yeah, because no one's going to pay for Right, because there's no medication them. for you to prescribe. Right, there's that's no medication. great. Okay, yeah. It doesn't mean the results aren't there. Mm-hmm. It's just right. because- R&D yeah. in this country- is run by pharma. They mm-hmm. have the pockets to do it. And if you notice in every study, they will, let's just say they do a study on Farsiga, which is a diabetes drug. They'll always say in one sentence, always start with lifestyle modification, skip, skip, skip. And then here's the thing for Farsiga. So they are aware that it's there, but they can't fund it. Right. They can't fund it. So this becomes an issue of evidence-based practice. Uh. Well, you know, what do we do? We don't have enough studies for it. So, there is a, I would say risk, but not really risk because if I'm just telling you to change the nutrition and take some supplements and at no point am I telling you take an experimental drug, there is, there's no risk, right? But it feels risky to people because it's like, oh, you know, red yeast rice, you know, instead of a statin, but like, it's just, it feels risky, but it, it really isn't when it comes down to it. So I think there is, to your question, we don't learn it in school. We don't learn the connection between nutrition and PMLE, between nutrition and PCOS. So now I'm coming in telling you, mm. if you stop eating your carbs, your period is going to normalize. That's crazy. We never learned it, right? And so, so you feel like you're really correct because you have all the science behind you. It's not wrong. It's just not the whole story. The system is designed to only treat, to treat sick. There was no time. There was no time 
to consult patients to find out what's going on with them. I, I try. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then you have this, you know, um, stigma around the word holistics. I think all yeah, of that creates a world that doesn't allow it. And you, you have to have that. Like when I first started this, I was nervous that some of my colleagues would think I'm bananas mm-hmm. when I first started. Yeah. And I kind of hid it. I didn't have a lot of social media. I just did work with a few patients because I didn't want to be like, because I once mentioned in like a dermatology class, like, hey, what about milk? And they were like, absolutely not. There's no connection. I was like, oh. oh. So yeah, yeah. It's intense. It's intimidating. And then when it kept working, I was like, fuck it. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I'm just going to say it's, this. And I, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm telling you very, very, very genuinely. I really think there's a lot of us out there looking for providers like you. And I'm so glad that you are because truly, uh, you know, as you said, like it, this is all kind of putting a lot of big things together. You know, we're, we're all learning. And I think this is just, I mean, personally, I feel like this is offering resources and, you know, a really invaluable insight to a lot of us. I'm really curious about this um, because this is sort of like a, maybe just a general question, like your thoughts on supplements, like what are you seeing in your patients in terms of lacking or needing? And then are there certain ones that you recommend? You don't recommend like, where do you, let's navigate that a little bit. Yeah. It's a great question. One of the mistakes I think people make with supplements is that take the mentality from conventional medicine where there is a magic pill for this disease and they think there's a magic supplement for this disease. Mm. So there is no magic on either side. So this is why, you know, like, oh, take this supplement. First of all, there is no one magic supplement for anything. And there's also not one right supplement regimen for everyone. There Mm -hmm. are, so like what I do is, and I'll tell you which ones I give most of my patients three top ones and the rest is customized depending on what's going on. Um, and each supplement is for a different reason, but first and foremost must be nutrition. If you're out here eating pizza hut, you could take all the pills in the world. Ain't going to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So supplements are secondary. Mm-hmm. You cannot smoke a cigarette, eat the food, not move, not sleep. And then think the supplements are going to save you. You're just wasting your money. Yeah. You can't put, it's like putting a bandaid on an infected wound yeah. thinking that like, well, I covered it up. It's like, nah, it's still infected under there. You're going to get <laughs> yeah, sick exactly. and die, bro. <laughs> Doesn't work yeah. like that. Exactly right. So, and it's hard for me because when I, when, when I first started, I did like vitamin infusions and people were coming and using it and it wasn't sitting right with me because I was like, please don't come in here and think this is going to cure you of anything. So now I really try to offer it to patients who are already working with me and everything else. And then this, and then the IV infusions is like a nice, it's like a buffer. It's like mm-hmm. a, or cherry, an, a on cherry on top. top. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. Icing. Yeah, yeah. It was like ethically not sitting well with me that people came in thinking it was going to do something. Um, so supplements, everyone should be on a really quality multivitamin. Cause even when the nutrition is on point, my nutrition I think is on point. I still take a multivitamin hard to get it in our foods. Um, Vitamin D, especially for those in the Northeast or anywhere North, vitamin D is, is a huge problem. So take your vitamin D. Um, and then the two other things that I like for almost everyone is omega-3 because that is just like, I think of it like mm-hmm. the Tin Man, that's the oil can. That's omega-3 mm-hmm. everywhere. Okay. I can tell when I don't take my fish oil, my knee like mm-hmm. gets all crackly. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the yeah, Tin yeah. Man. Yeah, fish oil, yeah, fish oil. Fish mm-hmm. oil, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then lastly, that I, I recommend for almost everyone is NAC. NAC is something that becomes glutathione. Glutathione is like this magical antioxidant that your body creates, but it's great to have more of, especially if you're dealing with something chronic. 
So that's the baseline. And then depending, like if someone is insulin resistant, I'll give them something that helps more with like, with, um, glucose, um, metabolism. If someone has PCOS, you want to give them something called an asanatol, which helps them become more insulin sensitive and really helps like regulate the period. So really depending on what, what else is going on with the patient. Um, I don't go for probiotics right away. I love probiotics, but I first heal the gut then give probiotics because if you give probiotics too soon, you can actually make things worse. Mm. I know that's very popular. Um, and then like the sky's the limit, depending on what the patient, like the patient wants to take a lot. Great. I could really, but I feel like most patients don't want 4,000 supplements. Right. So I try to make it really purposeful. Right. Do you recommend, like, how do you vet your supplements? Do you have certain ones that you really like? What are you liking right now? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I try, I use, I use pretty much two lines. One is called Apex Energetics and that um, only providers can get it. I have no financial affiliation with them. Um, and I have sat through so many of their lecture series. They're, they're, they have functional medicine providers who practice, who create the formulas. I love that. Okay. So it's like, they're, and they're using it and it's just, it's, it's great stuff. And then I also like Pure, um, which I think you can get online. Okay. Um, and they're, they're, they're really quality. Those are the two that I use the most, unless I can't find something, then I'll, then I'll venture out. What are your thoughts on wearables? Like What's a wearable, like watch, What's a wearable? like oh. a, you know, like Apple oh. watch. And then like, you okay. know, a lot of people are starting to do those glucose monitors, like the constant ones, you know, like those are becoming pretty trendy. I think, you know, uh, sometimes <laughs> what's the goal, I guess the goal what's the goal for some people. Like if you are not diabetic, I'm not really sure what you're doing with this information. Mm -hmm. Right. Besides making yourself crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess that would like if you're diabetic, I can understand it or 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 close to it. I'm not sure where you're gonna get that information because how are you going you want this information so you can modify, right? If my cholesterol is high, I want to modify my diet. But like so your glucose is gonna keep going up all day, all like so what are you doing that's different? Hopefully you're you're trying to live a lifestyle that's keeping you mm -hmm. everything at bay. The one thing I do love to monitor is oxygen levels when you're sleeping, because a lot of people have sleep apnea and they don't know it. If you can get tested, please do your insurance will cover it. You don't have to be heavy to have sleep apnea. That's another myth. I mean, yes, heavy people tend to have it more, but there are plenty of thin people with like, you know, polyps and things like that and sleep apnea. And if you are not getting oxygenated at night, you're going to have a lot of issues, especially brain fog. So that's one thing I would love to to measure on everyone because some people have no idea how bad their oxygen level dips. But other than that, personally, not a huge proponent of it. And honestly, even with my diabetics, unless they're on insulin, I'm like, don't get the glucometer. It's just going to make you crazy. Um, the other question I really wanted to touch on really quick is, so a lot of the things like you mentioned, you know, waking up and having sun on your eyes. And for those of us really trying to optimize our life, but a lot of us live on night shift. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions yes. for the night shifters out there of how to optimize your life when you are not in optimal situations <laughs> or living an optimal lifestyle? This is hard. Yeah. This is hard. My daughter is night shift ER nurse. Mm. Yeah, we, um, I, we, yeah. <laughs> yes, kindred spirits. How do we do it? Yes. How do we navigate all this? Or like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. How do you yes. keep her like so, yeah. going? She, she doesn't listen to me. Oh. So, 
<laughs> you know how it is. Yeah, totally. You don't listen to your mom. Yeah. Uh, we're best friends, but she doesn't listen to me. Yeah. Um, so, okay. This is a hard one because really, ideally, as soon as you can, get out of night shift. As soon as you can. Because I will tell you how to optimize really night shift, but you are truly going against how you're built. And while you will get used to it, your body's actually not changing. Okay, so you're always going to be swimming uphill. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna adapt because people adapt. You're gonna use your cortisol levels when you need to. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna do what you got to do, and you're gonna feel like you got this. But the system is designed to be to work with night and day. It's just designed that way, and you can't reprogram it. So while you are doing what you have to do eventually it will catch up somewhere. So whenever possible, if whenever it becomes realistic in your life, whenever your time, your seniority comes up, switch. Okay. I, I mean, I, yeah. I hate to say it, no, but no. switch. And I, I've we written appreciate notes the honesty. to people who we couldn't. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've written notes to people who like couldn't because they're like, because they're already sick. Like they have diabetes, have this. And I'm like, I can, I will not be able to regulate you until we get you sleeping through the night. Yeah. And then you guys also don't sleep. Yeah, seven to nine hours. You guys just don't sleep. I will literally sleep like now three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, you know, wake up at 11 a.m., be up all 24 hours, and then maybe get three or four hours of sleep and then go back in again. Like a lot of us are living this really unhealthy yeah. lifestyle. And your it's not cortisol good. is it's absolutely unhealthy. fucked. Oh, yeah. And then my day's off. I'm exhausted. Yeah, and exactly. I see, I see my daughter. Like my heart, my heart breaks for her. Um, you know, and she loves night shift and there's like this vibe in night shift yeah. and I we get it. Fun. Like, yeah. I, I do. We're fun, but We're man. unhinged. Yeah, she said, she, she said it's more fun. Yeah. Right, no admin yeah. around. Like, I get yeah. it. I really do. I used to be an ER nurse, but I never did night shift. But I, I get it. Yeah. Um, here's what you're missing when you're not sleeping. And then I will answer your question. When you're not sleeping optimally, there are certain things chemically that happen in your brain that only happens in a deep sleep. Growth hormone is released. Because as you get older, you don't release anymore, right? Because we're not growing. Growth hormone which is repairing, restoring, only happens in deep sleep, prolonged sleep. And then you have this thing called the glymphatic draining system, which is basically like the garbage has to come out. So this is the most metabolically active organ. It creates a lot of waste and you need to get it out. And that only happens with deep sleep. And there's other things that happen with sleep, but there are like sleep is connected with longevity Sleep is connected to Alzheimer's sleep. There's just, is it, and, and there's no way to fake it. Okay. There's just, there's no way to, to, you can't sleep extra on the weekend. It's not happening. So, so it's a big deal. So, but then there's the reality, right? And some people are never going off night shift and then they have kids at home. Like then there's the reality, I got it. Very nice, but I need to work night shift. So if, if, when I talk to my patients, I talk about nutrition, I talk about sleep. I talk about exercise, I talk about stress, right? And then we're talking about medication and supplements. So if I can't manage the sleep component, let's make sure that our diet is on point, like, right? Because when we're sick, it's multifactorial. So right now I can't manage sleep. That's not what's happening in my life right now, E. So then, okay, so let's fix your nutrition. Let's make sure that's on point. Let's just make sure we're moving right. Your supplements are on point. You're not dealing with some crazy stress. Like even though you're a night shift, maybe, maybe you don't need to work somewhere with like an asshole boss. We don't need that extra stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you don't need to be in a toxic relationship. Remove that extra stress. So we're going to try to modify, try to modify all the other pieces because then you're just bringing it down to one issue. Okay. 
And that's the best that we can do until things change. Because okay. that's the reality. The reality is that everyone's going to have something they can't do. Not everybody can have kale every day, right? Some people are just like out and about and can't even do the nutrition that I want. So I'm like, all right, let's optimize the other parts. So we do the best that we can. Yeah. And that's it. This may be a repetitive question, but I am really curious about this. As the root of our issues largely being inflammation, what are some like big no-nos or things that you're like, or things that we absolutely should be doing or things we should absolutely not be doing or, or what's consuming? actually like causing this inflammation? Yes. <laughs> okay. So it depends, right? So this is why when somebody comes inflamed and sick, we peel it off in layers. And I may be redundant in that I am saying like, we always start with nutrition, right? So this is how I wrote, the reason I wrote my book called It's Not In Your Head is because like when you don't feel good, you're just like spending money on all these tests. Should I, should I do lead testing? Should I do hormone testing? Should I do mold testing? So you, you go in order. The, the most toxic thing for most people is the food that they eat. So if I tell you every day, just eat a teaspoonful of poison, you're gonna be like, no way, I'm not going to do that. Why? You're going to be fine today. But you know 20 years from now, you're gonna, something weird is going to happen, right? So every day since the day you're born, you're eating some form of poison. And that is, going to, that is the biggest toxin. Every meal, three times a meal, processed food, high fructose corn syrup. And I know it's hard, and especially in your age group, which, which is why most of my patients are not in your age group, because it's really hard to live a social life and just be like, I'll have the kale salad, right? Like I get, it's a real, it's a hard reality, but so nutrition, we do the best we can because, um, it's, it's this constant toxins and the pesticides. So even when you're trying to make a salad, if it's not organic, it's full of pesticides. So you're trying your best. I just want to say this before I move on to the next part. They did a study on newborn babies. This will speak to you, my NICU girl. Um, <laughs> right. You said you're in NICU. Yeah, both of us came from NICU. Um, oh, both of you. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize you're both in it. So, um, Core blood, and this study was more than 10 years ago, 239 chemicals and toxins in a newborn baby's umbilical wow. blood. And that was 10 years ago. So it's more now. Wow. So before we even Yikes. started eating these babies, we are all filled with toxins. They took fat from like people who are getting liposuction and other reasons, and other reasons that fat was removed and saw what toxins are there. Astronomical. So your system is constantly in a state of trying to detox this shit. This is why I think there's a lot of neurological issues in kids these days because not everyone can detox all this. We weren't designed mm -hmm. to detox all this. So you're coming into the world, you're detoxing all this shit. Now we're eating Cheetos and Doritos or a hamburger. So that's more shit, right? So that's why I say you start with nutrition because- Taco Bell. Taco Bell, yeah. That's not even, like, what is it? That's not even food, right? <laughs> no. So, and P.S., I say this with no judgment. Yeah, when yeah. I was younger, I, I ate McDonald's three times a day. I fed my kids chicken nuggets. I did not know better. So I, I really speak from no judgment because you learn this when you learn this and you can do it when you can do it. And when I was a single mom, we were eating at McDonald's and that was just that. So no judgment when I talk. Um, so, so nutrition is first because it's like this toxin that comes in every single meal. Then you want to heal your belly because that's another source of inflammation. So, because that nutrition like really messes the belly and almost everything is created by the bacteria on your belly. The neurotransmitters for your brain, your hormones, everything is actually made in the belly. It's actually the factory for all of it. So you want to heal the belly. That's when you do the probiotics, something called short chain fatty acids. You want to fix that. 
Nine times out of 10, you optimize these two things. You probably don't need to do anything else after that. Start always in nutrition. It's an annoying topic. It's You don't want to do it, but that's really where it's at. Then if that didn't work, your, your diet's on point, you fixed your microbiome, you took your probiotics, that's when you start digging more. And then it depends a little bit on your symptoms. Like some people's symptoms are going to point more to like maybe there's a mold issue. Some people's symptoms are going to be like maybe we should check you for a chronic issue like Lyme. Some people are going to be more hormonal. So and some people might need food sensitivity testing, which is not the same as allergies. So the testing should come later after the nutritional portion, because let's just say we discover a mold or heavy metal and you want to detox or chelate from it. You're going to need to be the strongest host possible, strong nutrition, your belly's on point to be able to even manage det this detox. So no matter what you want to start here, get strong, see if most of these symptoms go away before you go into this crazy world of testing. I, ha I probably only have to do the crazy testing for maybe 10% of my patients. Most of the time it's right here. <laughs> which is good because that means you don't really need a lot of people's help to get it. It's interesting. I love that. You mentioned allergies. Um, I don't know if you can touch on this, but, you know, obviously we're seeing allergies in, in kids earlier and earlier. Um, for someone who's experiencing, like, even environmental allergies or just, like, food allergies in general, what are your thoughts on that? Allergies is the system on overload. Um, and I have allergies. I have not been able to cure my allergies. So full disclosure there, it's not like I figured that piece out, but it is your body is now reacting to things. It's not supposed to, you're not supposed to be reacting to grass. You know, you're not supposed to be reacting to a peach. You're just not supposed to be reacting to it. Like you're supposed to be able to eat it. It's your body's so it's, it's dealing with your cup is so full of whatever is trying to detox that you're eating a peach. And it's like, nope, we can't handle this. We, it's, it's, it's just too far. And like, we just can't handle it. This is why I don't, I don't know a cure for it. Uh, other than to hopefully calm down the inflammation. So many of my patients will say that once they've calmed things down, especially dairy, a lot of the allergies get better, but it's not necessarily a cure for the allergy. It's just that we bring the cup halfway down. So it takes them a little longer to kind of fall over the edge. And for a lot of people, it's dairy. I had a woman who came in and said to me, I've been on Zyrtec for the past 10 years of my mm. life. And since starting with you, I have not needed Zyrtec forever. Did I cure her allergies? No. But that I, I brought her inflammation down so she's not like this level 10 all the time. Mm -hmm. What are your best tips to the listeners to try to like reduce inflammation? The first tip I just want to tell every listener is that if you're feeling ish, you're not crazy. I really, that's like my, my most important message. It's my tagline. I say the new method where we empower people to finally realize that their symptoms are not in their head. I need to say that to everyone listening, because especially women, we just get dismissed. You're anxious, you're nervous, you Google mm. too much. Okay. So it's not in your head. Keep, keep hunting. Uh, so what is the, what are the tips? I love intermittent fasting mm. for everyone. This is not a diet weight loss conversation at all. This is an anti-inflammatory conversation. Mm. I don't know how deep you want me to get into this, but intermittent fasting results in ketosis, which is not keto. It doesn't mean eat a lot of bacon. That's not what that means. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it will calm down your inflammation almost automatically. 
uh, I've been intermittent fasting now for like five years. I do like 20 hours uh, of fasting. You don't have to do 20 hours. I'm just saying. Yeah. What what window do you recommend even like getting started with? Yeah, oh, if you were going to start. Yeah. Like how would you? Yeah, it's a good idea. Okay. Intermittent fasting. Let me give you a guide to intermittent fasting. I actually give this guide also on YouTube. So what I like for women is somewhere between 14 to 16 hours of fasting. But remember, this includes your sleep time. So I'll talk to the daytime people and then we're going to reverse it for you guys. <laughs> for a daytime person, they will have breakfast somewhere around 11 o'clock. They will finish their last meal at 7 and then they don't eat again from 7 p.m. until the next day at 11. That's 16, 8. And half the time you, you spent sleeping, so it's really not outrageous. That's a 16, 8 fasting. Now, when I first started 16, 8, it was impossible for me to do 16, 8 because I used to be the person who woke up and ate immediately before I worked out. The thought of working out on empty stomach was impossible. So you start slow. I started nine hours. You start 10 hours. You don't want to get to a point where you're fainting. What happens, I don't want to give you too much information. I'm sorry. I just, I get no, excited about that. Here, here's how it works so you can understand why it takes some time. If you are someone that every single time you skip a meal or you've gone too long, you're like shaky, you're hangry, you feel hypoglycemic, you're not efficient. That's like a car that needs to be filled up every block. It's not an efficient car, okay? So what you want is a car that can go for a really long time, sometimes gets refueled, sometimes doesn't. That's what we call metabolic flexibility. So we are designed by God or the universe, whatever you believe, to have this really cool feature that if we don't get fed, we will go internally to our fat stores. It will toggle on and burn fat and turn it into glucose, which is our fuel. So if you're metabolically flexible, sometimes you get a meal, great. Sometimes you skip a meal, no big deal. I'm not hangry because my body switches. You can only teach your body to switch if you fast because we never turn it on in modern society because we're the DoorDash. Yeah. As soon as you're hungry, you eat. You never turn it on. So you have to teach your body slowly, hey, food's not coming. Turn this feature on. So initially it's hard. Initially that first time you do it, you're like, holy shit, this is impossible. This is why you do it a little bit at a time. You do nine hours at first, 10 hours at first. You don't want to get to this place of like super shakiness. You go slow. So you go slow until you're like, oh, wow, nine hours is easy. And I'll push it to 10 because you're teaching your body slowly to start using these internal stores. And then one day you'll find that 16 hours is no big deal. And when I say no big deal, I don't mean getting 16 hours like dying. No mm -hmm. headache, no shakiness. You can work out. You're laser focused. That is metabolic flexibility. That means you really are using your internal stores for glucose. What happens in that time when you've turned that on, the byproduct of that is ketones. That's what the word ketosis comes from. When you're in ketosis, it is so anti-inflammatory. The body starts to clean up debris. Your, your brain is going to be focused. Like anyone who has brain fog, ha one of the first things you do is intermittent fasting. So Intermittent fasting, get it into your day somehow at the very least. And then, and then, cause even my patients are, are, maybe they're not nutritionally on point, but if I can get you to, for 16 hours, not put anything in your system, let it calm down, let it do its thing. Coffee? And no. And then eat. Yes. Oh, black coffee, no creamer. yeah. Tea, <laughs> tea, water, seltzer, stay hydrated. Yes. Black coffee all day. Um, oh. 
So the best you want to stay ever hydrated. <laughs> As I drink my black coffee. There we go. That is a tip that almost everyone can use. Because then some people will be like, okay, I'm not quite ready to diet. I'm not quite, I hate that word. I'm not quite ready to change my nutrition. Mm. I'm not quite ready to do everything. But but let's just start with the hours. Maybe I don't have to eat all the time. Maybe I can turn this on. Okay. That is, if you could get through that, mm-hmm. we're 50% of the way there. Okay. That's a good tip. Um, I know this may be a very obvious question, but I have to ask it because a lot of us struggle through this anyway. What are your thoughts on alcohol, nicotine, um, all of the above? Like how is just maybe to get your thoughts on that? Okay. Um, so they're not good for you. (laughs) There's no way for me to tell you that they're good for you. Yeah. Okay. That being said, it depends on your age. It depends on what what you're dealing with and it depends on your goals, right? So I'm not going to tell you that I never drink alcohol, but let me tell you why I said it depends on your age. Because when you're younger, you are detoxing faster. Alcohol is fucking you up. I mean, you drink, you're getting drunk. What does that mean? That's a, a form of neuroinflammation. We're fucking with your brain. If we can't detox that, you're going, your brain's going to feel a little, right? How do you feel the next day after you drink? You know, you're not optimal. You're not going to drink the night before your SAT or your NCLEX, right? right. Because you know that you're not going to operate mm-hmm. optimally. So there is not just in the moment, it has a lasting effect. So now you drink two, three, four times a week. You're going to be suboptimal all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not even getting to the sugar part. I'm just talking the brain part. So if you're someone who is, you know, so you're younger, you tend to detox earlier, but there's this cumulative effect because now you're suboptimally, suboptimally, suboptimal over time. Everything's over time. This is like, I feel ish. And part of feeling ish might also be the alcohol that you're having because you're not, you're suboptimal. When you're older and if you're dealing with any kind of brain fog, post-COVID brain fog, any type of post-viral, there is no room for it. You don't have room to be suboptimal. You don't have room for any neuroinflammation, which is what alcohol is, is doing, right? So that's why I say it depends. Depends on age, depends on what you're dealing with. So if you could be 22, but dealing with COVID brain fog, there's no room for this. Why would you fuck with this? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're older and dealing with cognitive decline, there's no room for your afternoon whiskey or whatever people in the afternoon drink, right? So we, we have no room for that. So that's on the cognitive neuroinflammatory part. But the other part is, it's high carb. So the typical standard American diet, I'm going to have a bowl of pasta, a nice glass of wine. I'm fancy. I'm sophisticated. Your night is shot. You're not going to sleep well. You're going to, you might have hot flashes and you think that it's your hormones. You're going to have nightmares because you're processing all that glucose at night. It's fucking where you sleep. So it has so many negative effects. Now feels good. Gives you a good time. So you use it sparingly. I can't imagine a world where I never drink alcohol. If you're one of those people, God bless you. You're awesome. You won at life. You really did. <laughs> Nor can I. So but, <laughs> that's why I'm asking. I'm like, but you want to use it sparingly. Use it sparingly. You want to use it sparingly. Yeah. And if you're fasting, it counts in your time window. You can't be like, well, I finish eating at seven, but I'll have my vodka at 10. No, that still counts as eating. Right. So. So if you're going to partake and you want to intermittent fast, start your fast after your last drink, okay. which by the mm. way, will be so much harder to fast the next day. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. the next day you wake up hungry. If oh I'm hungover, God. I need in and out to soak up Absolutely. the alcohol science. Yeah. Yes, or because really you fell asleep with, with carb, huge carb overload. Oh. 
So when you wake up, you're starving. I need I fatty hungover for so long because even if I drink, I keep myself to like two max because I can't. She's good. I'm I not. can't do a hangover. <laughs> you're growing up. I can't. It's, I'm too fucking up. old. I'm going to be 37. Like I a hangover. You have shit to do. You have yeah. shit to do. Like, do but a hangover in your 20s, you wake up and you're ready to roll like. I'm ready to day drink. Exactly. No, if I have a hangover now, detox. it's five yeah, yeah, days. Yeah, we yeah. are down. <laughs> like, it's not good. I can't uh, do it. That's exactly right. Oh my gosh. Do you have any good life tips or something to leave our listeners with? What's the words of wisdom like you tell your daughter when you say that she doesn't listen to you, yeah. but our selfie listeners will? <laughs> <laughs> you know, did you ever hear this like tale when they say like, it depends on which wolf you feed. Mm. Did you ever hear this? Mm. Oh, no. So there's like, and I'm not saying it well. I'm sure other people are like, that's <laughs> not how the story goes, but this is how the story goes to me. <laughs> so someone says like, you have two wolves or two dogs. And let's just say, and whatever you're, you're dealing with, let's just say one is courage and one is fear or one is self-confidence and one is not. And one is like imposter syndrome versus confidence. And then, and then you say, which, which dog is going to get stronger? And then you say, depending on which one I feed more right? So we all have both sides of that, mm -hmm. right? So my daughter, she's, she's growing in her career. She's going, she's an engineer and she's killing it. And there's days when she's like, I'm killing it. And there's days when she's like, I suck at life. I'm the worst engineer on the planet, right? Don't we all have mm -hmm, that? Yeah. There's days when you're like, I'm the best nurse ever. I got this mm -hmm. IV line and this baby. And there's days when you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yes. This other nurse has been here for 30 yes. years is amazing, right? Yes. So the conversation that you have with both of those sides is going to determine which one wins. So feed the wolf that has the positive thoughts. Feed that one that says, I fucking killed it. I got that line in that baby. That's the one you need to feed. That's the one you need to hone. That's the one you listen to the most. And the other one you try to starve because they exist in all of us and you have to cultivate that one. Because if you keep going to this other one, it's so easy to go negative. Oh man, I really suck. Oh, that nurse is so mm -hmm. much better. I oh, mean, I missed that line. Oh, that, you know, that baby didn't make it. And you go down that road, that's the one that's going to take over. So know that we're all faking it mm -hmm. for whoever's listening. And the ones that are succeeding are the ones that are like talking to themselves positively mm -hmm. and getting there. So that's my long-winded version. Oh, I love of that. Advice. You are amazing. Oh my god, this was. I wish you could phenomenal. read all my text messages. Though, no, literally, to my mom, because I'm like, she's so got a whole. Obsessed. I'm sending it to my mom. I'm sure the listeners today are sending this out to every single one of their family members. We want to optimize our lives, and uh, honestly, I. We're booking with you, both of us. <laughs> like I, well, I honestly, um, I'm like afraid to know what my like cortisol. I know, me too. And, like, but I know other. we need to do it. We need. <laughs> no, to do no, it. it's not don't good. Be nervous. Don't be nervous. No, but I need to like. I need to get. We both it in have track. different things, yeah. but don't I feel like nervous. we both know we can improve a lot in different ways. Yeah, the the brain fog is brain real fog. Over here. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. lose things thirty eight hundred times brain a day. Big. It's a disaster. Yeah, I mean, I just I'm a functional hot mess. And I'm like, we, yes, is... but I think that's a lot of people, right? I think a lot of us are <laughs> yes. high functioning. You Most know, we're us. high functioning, but we are all struggle. A lot of us are struggling in ways that we don't. It's the understand. ish. That was like the honestly ish. the best description. It's yeah, literally it's the, the ish. Yeah. yeah. It's the ish. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's so for ish. anyone who's struggling with the ish, where can they find you? Where give us all the platforms? Yeah. All where the can things. they do your free consult? Yeah. The yeah. fifteen minute consult, all that. Okay. So I'll tell you. So it's it's the new method, and as you know by now, the new is spelled with a K. The new method on every platform except for Twitter because I talk a lot. Twitter doesn't work for me. <laughs> 
So Us either. Too much to say. 150 <laughs> characters, not my gym. Yeah. So you, wherever platform you are, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, even Pinterest, um, TikTok. Awesome. TikTok is a really jam TikTok. out in TikTok. Go there. Get comfortable with me. Wherever you send me a message, the website, thenewmethod.com. My team, we read every message. We will find you. Um, and then if you also go on the website or any of these platforms, there's an always a link to the free consult. The free consult is basically you're going to talk 15 minutes to my team. We're going to explain to you what the next steps are. We'll tell you the cost. And then you, and there's no pressure. There's no sales. We're not selling anything. There's no gimmick. I work from God. If we're meant to work together, it clicks. And if not, I want you to find the person mm -hmm. that's right for you. So don't be scared to do that counsel because there's no heavy sales. In fact, I, I absolutely abhor it because the last thing you want is to convince mm -hmm. someone yeah. to work with you right. for a year. Right. Um, so they'll talk, so they'll explain it to you and then you can make your decisions comfortably and we could do awesome. all of it virtually. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, really excited. I'm so glad we had you on. I, this was this amazing. This is unbelievable. Yeah. I thank you so much for your time, for thank everything you. you're doing. I mean, I just think, I know today is going to resonate with our audience, everyone here at the selfie show. We just, yeah, this is awesome for everybody. Thank, thank you. you. I'm glad we finally made it happen. <laughs> yeah. We really excited. Excited. <laughs> it was worth the wait. This was like, I'm way so glad better we made it happen. Yeah. Even imagined. yeah this absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. E. That's we perfect. appreciate it. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Oh, I feel like that's just like what's missing in healthcare right now. Um, we are booking as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> like, though, I mean, um, yeah. I'm actually going to because I think that there are some things that I really kind of want to dig into more. And to be honest, I kind of feel like I like the idea of someone kind of handholding me in terms of like diet and really making a structured idea, not diet, um, like changes, I guess, if you will. Well, just that nutrition is kind of like your the body's core. first line of medicine before you actually use medication. Right. Yeah. And I think also the idea, which I really loved, was kind of getting to the core of that and really optimizing your gut health, which obviously, you know, this is a very hot topic. Like everyone's talking about it, but I just really loved how she kind of rounded it out and really tied it in with, okay, and by the way, we're going to add supplements later and this and that, but holy smokes. I'm so, so excited. Uh, thank you so much, you guys, for listening. As always, make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all the goodies there linked in the bio for you. Plus linked in our bio is our links for Iceland and Bali. So make sure you click on those. And then if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, drop your IG handle and we will be sending you out little grab bags we have new stickers coming yes we do we, we have some really fun new today, ones so. we're working with our designer we have some yes, fun ones coming up click those five stars on spotify and make sure you're following us on our insta that's at nurse tori and at hey samantha with two a's and we will see you next week or bonus actually bonus bonus Friday. let's go it's gonna be a fun one <laughs> <laughs> bye bye